You're listening to Points Talk with the Travel Mom Squad, previously known as the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Follow the links in the show notes to stay up to date with what the Travel Mom Squad has been up to. Are you intrigued by the concept of traveling for pennies on the dollar, but worried how this will affect your credit score? Worried about how you can put so much spend on a credit card to meet a bonus? Or don't think you can learn to do this? If so, listen on as we tackle those common travel hacking misconceptions and more in this podcast. Welcome to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. We are three moms who've discovered how to leverage credit card welcome offers to get hundreds of thousands of dollars in travel expenses for nearly free. We've used credit card points and miles to take vacations to places like Hawaii, Paris, Greece, the Maldives, Italy, and so much more. And the best part? We each still have an 800 plus credit score. Imagine being able to book a vacation without having to check your bank account. It's totally possible and we're here to show you how. Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Pam. Alex's mom. And I'm Jess, and we are Travel Hacking Moms. In today's episode, we're going to tell you about some common travel hacking misconceptions that keep people from jumping into the world of credit card points and miles. So some of these common travel hacking misconceptions include that it'll ruin your credit score, that you have to get one credit card and put tons and tons of spend on it, that you have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to earn these bonus points, or that it's just too difficult and that you won't be able to do it. So let's dive into each one of these and really cover them well. Okay, Jess, give us some details on credit scores. This is one that I think really stresses people out. And I get it because when I started travel hacking, this was the biggest question I had. And so I had to do my research and figure out how this really affected my credit score before I decided to jump in. Yeah, I was the same way I the very first thing I thought when I heard about travel hacking was, well, that's going to ruin my credit score if I start opening all these credit cards. Luckily, that hasn't been the case. I think we are all proof that, you know, as long as you are being responsible with your credit cards, then they will likely increase over time. But just to give you an overview, many of you probably know or have heard of Dave Ramsey, and he is very anti-credit cards, and he has made that known. And I think he has scared a lot of people away from credit cards, and he just thinks that they are the worst thing. I do want to stress that we are big on credit cards as long as you can pay them off in full and on time each month. Because yeah, if you open a bunch of credit cards and charge a bunch of, bunch of expenses and then don't pay them off or don't pay them off on time, yes, that is going to ruin your credit score. But as long as you can be financially responsible with them, you may as well earn some points and miles to travel for free if you're going to be charging these expenses anyways. So there are several factors that make up your credit score. Some are weighed more heavily than others. Some are more influential. And so the two most influential factors are your payment history, your amount owed. So those two that I just mentioned, your payment history is do you make your payments on time? And your amount owed is are you paying off your balance in full each month? Those two alone make up 65% of your credit score. So they are by far the most important factors. New credit, which is what travel hacking deals with, is only 10% of your credit score. So while your score may drop a few points every time you open a new credit card, as long as you are paying it off on in full on time each month, then it's really not going to do any sort of long-lasting damage to your credit score. Your credit score is going to rebound, and it could even go up, which has been the case for all three of us. And so that is just a high-level overview of 
credit scores and how those have been impacted by our travel hacking. I don't know. What about y'all? My credit score is over 800. I have a lot of open credit cards currently. And yeah, my credit score is over 800, but I just make sure that I set them on auto pay when I get a new card, that I don't overspend, that I don't use my credit cards as an excuse to just buy a bunch of stuff. I just charge my everyday expenses that I would otherwise be paying cash or putting on a debit card. I basically just treat my credit card like a debit card. And I have not had any issues with my credit score. What about y'all? No, I haven't either. In fact, before I started, I would say that my credit score was in the high 700s. And, you know, three, four years later, opening up 20 plus cards at least, uh, my credit score is like 820. So it's been nothing but, you know, good for my credit score. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things is people like we get this question asked daily multiple times a day right and I think my favorite thing is I was like if it was hurting my credit score I wouldn't be able to continue to get credit cards so it's like the fact that we keep getting credit cards is just proof that it doesn't hurt your credit score because they wouldn't give them to us if we had a bad credit score right I never understood that either it's like the bank would obviously cut us off you know if yeah if we were doing some significant damage to our credit score by opening all these cards. The other thing too, I feel like is interesting, just to kind of reiterate what you were saying, Jess, about, you know, if you can't pay off your cards in full each month, you probably should not be doing this hobby. Is I'll I'll get people, and I'm sure you guys do too, where they'll ask you like, can you tell me a card with like a zero APR or this APR? And I'm like, I don't even know, pay attention to the card's APRs because we just pay them off. Yeah. And I will say like these cards, travel rewards cards have a high APRs. So you do not rely on like, I'm going to just make payments because you will be losing money. You're not going to be getting travel for nearly free. Yeah. Well, in, in my case too, like travel hacking was actually the reason why I started budgeting and like being more financially responsible. Like it forced me to do that because I was like, I want to be able to travel for free. I was a little bit worried about you know, being able to pay off my cards on time and in full every month. And so that really is what like got me started with budgeting. And it's actually made me more financially responsible to travel hack. That's awesome. Okay, so let's dive into the second point. Mom, why don't you share point two with us? Yeah, a lot of people, point two is that a lot of people, a misconception is that, oh, yeah, I'm going to sign up for this one card and I'm going to put all my spending on it. And I'm just going to keep spending on that card and spending on that card. And we get comments from people all the time that say, yeah, I use my credit card for everything. I don't use a debit card. I don't pay by checks. I put all my spending on it. Well, that's what we call a slow burn. Yes, you will get a trip every two or three years off by doing that. In fact, I didn't realize, but I was kind of doing that years before I became a real travel hacker. I had a United card because I lived in a place where United was the only airline that flew out of our local airport. So I got a United card and I put as all my spending as much as I could on it. And every, you know, year or two, I would get a free flight and I would be so excited when I didn't have to pay for that, that flight. It would be so awesome, but it didn't happen very often. So now that I do it differently... Now that I open up credit cards for the sign-up 
bonuses, I get tons more points and miles and I can fly anytime I want. I can fly, you know, 10 times a year. And so it's completely a, a, a misconception that you just get one card. So let's say that I have $8,000 that I'm going to, that I've spent on this one credit card. So I'm going to get with that $8,000, I'm going to get about 8,000 um, 8, points or miles. But if I take that $8,000 and open up two cards and meet minimum spend on two different cards with that $8,000, I'm going to get two welcome bonuses. Welcome bonuses range anywhere from 50 to 100,000 points. So that $8,000 that I was just going to put on that one card now is 100,000 to 200,000 points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if someone has if someone has a United card or a Southwest card and they charge $8,000, you know, they're going to get 8,000 United miles, 8,000 Southwest points, which are not going to go very far. Exactly. Yeah. But if but, but if you take that 8,000, open up a couple cards and have a couple hundred thousand points, you've got a really nice trip that maybe you can take your family on. Honestly, sign up bonuses are where it's at. That's why we open multiple cards. Um, many times, I probably open four to six cards a year and I have my husband do the same thing. And I know that you guys do too, because it's through getting those sign up bonuses that our points and miles bounce is really sore. That's where it's at. Yeah, I mean, in that example you gave, you went from getting, you know, possibly a one-way flight somewhere to getting a week-long Hawaiian vacation somewhere, you know, just for that one one expense that you had that was $8,000. Exactly. But it's hard for people to wrap their head around the fact that I'm going to get two or three cards to do this versus, oh, I'm going to get one card and I'm putting all my spend on it for three years and then I can go. So, so they're still stuck on the idea of their credit score. They're like, but if I open up these cards, my credit score, and it's like, no, your credit's going to be fine. Yeah, that's how like all these misconceptions are sort of intertwined with each other because they want to put all their spend on one card because they're worried that if they open a bunch of cards, it's going to ruin their credit score. When in actuality, as long as they're financially responsible, opening a bunch of credit cards could, in fact, increase their credit score over time. It's literally a win-win. You get... You get a vacation and a higher credit score. <laughs> exactly. It's worked for all three of us. Yeah. So one of the other really big misconceptions, and I, you guys can't even, like, my brain starts to turn to mush when I hear it too many times. I get a lot of comments like this on Instagram and on TikTok where people are saying, like, I'll show a trip that I did or all these these points or something. And they're like, oh, well, I you forgot to tell people that you had to spend $100,000 on your card to get those points. And I'm like, you know, feel like I'm like banging my head against the wall because I answer this question so much. I mean, it's not from our normal followers. They understand this process. It's the people who are like just seeing our stuff for the very first time who are like, you know, don't read a caption on on a video or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, it is not crazy amounts of spending like like my mom just said, that's what you're doing. You're doing the crazy amounts of spending if you're only using one credit card and earning 
If I'm earning 100,000 points on one credit card, then yeah, I'm spending a lot of money. But if I'm separating those or breaking up those expenses on different credit cards, I'm not spending that much money. The idea is that you're earning points on money that you have to spend anyway. So I, I'm a family of six. We have a hefty grocery bill every uh, month, especially with having four boys. And as they're getting older, I am kind of shocked by how much groceries cost. So that right there is a really big expense for us where I know we're going to spend a decent amount of money. So if I put, if I open a new credit card between our gas and our groceries and other expenses with my kids, that's pretty easy for me to hit a $4,000 minimum spend over the course of three months. So that's basically all we're doing is we're opening the new card, hitting a minimum spend and getting a bunch of points. We're not spending hundreds of thousands of dollars out buying lavish things or, you know, living some crazy life. No, yeah, we're just like normal bags. people. <laughs> and there are so many places that take credit cards. Like we're basically saying, do not use a debit card. Instead, use a credit card for every place that you would normally use a debit card. So gas stations, car insurance is a huge one for us. We pay that twice a year and it's a huge expense. Cell phone, internet, dining out at restaurants, you know, I mean, offer offer to pay like my daughter's school when they have any class parties, I offer to pay for all the supplies and then get reimbursed, you know, so there are creative ways to hit it. There are organic ways to hit it if you just have a big family or a lot of expenses. And so it's really not as hard as people make it out to be. Yeah, I think one of my favorite ones is to like, have people that you know, and you trust use your credit card and pay you back. We've had a lot of people who've told us they use that. Like, maybe you don't have kids yet, or you, you know, don't have a lot of expenses. But I've had people whose parents will meet a minimum spend for them. And yeah, that's another way. I mean, Jess, you kind of did that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Or if you have like a big, you know, if you're going out to dinner with friends, offer to pay the bill and have everyone Venmo you. Like it is so easy now with all the apps available to be reimbursed in some way. And so I feel like that is a really easy way to meet some minimum spend. Well, yeah. I always love the fact that we, you know, we've got to buy things. Everybody has to pay for stuff, you know, it just costs to live. And as long as we have to pay, we might as well get rewarded from it. And so when I have to pay a tax bill, because I will pay my estimated taxes with a credit card. Yes, I do have to pay a little bit of a service fee for it. But it doesn't make it near as hard for me to pay that bill when I know I'm going to get a couple business class seats out of it. Exactly. It makes <laughs> it out of some of those big, unexpected life expenses that come out come, you know, that pop up. Exactly. Yeah, another thing I was going to say too, is sometimes like for some people that they see maybe a $4,000 minimum spend is just too much for them. And they maybe don't have people that can help them meet the minimum spend. There's minimum spend levels, all different ones. So if you can't do that at this stage of your life, then get a card with a $1,000 minimum spend or a $2,000 minimum spend. And you can still get some good benefits from cards that have a lower minimum spend. I think that's Absolutely. a key thing, too, is like you you don't want to get yourself a card that you can't afford to meet a minimum spend. Like there are some business cards we love, like the Chase Inc. Cash, for example, has like a $7,500 minimum spend. And that's, you know, that's a that's a pretty big one. So when I got that card, I 
planned it around some big life expenses we had. We had some medical bills coming up. And so that's when I got that card when I knew, okay, this is going to make this a lot easier for me to hit the minimum spend instead of stressing about missing a bonus or overspending to hit a bonus because you don't want to like overspend to hit a bonus. Yeah, I definitely agree that planning your card applications around life events is a smart way to go about it. Another thing is a lot of times I'll open cards with high minimum spins towards the end of the year around the holidays when I know that I'm going to be spending a lot on gifts for other people, you know, holiday gifts for family and friends, my daughter's teachers at school. I feel like the end of the year is just a ton of expenses all around. And so I kind of save the higher minimum spend cards to open then. Yeah, that's like a really good time to at least get you know, one or two minimum spends done, maybe even more. Yeah, exactly. Our last point I hear all the time. I don't know about you guys. These, This has come from several of my friends where they say that they can't do this. They watch me do it. They go, I don't have time for this. Or I don't have the brain power for this. Or I'm not organized enough. And this is something that we hear a lot. Yeah. So we hear this one all the time. And we are three busy moms. Like we are not people who just have all the time in the world to do this, but if we can do it, so can you. And it's even easier to do it now. Like when when all three of us first got started, I know for me, I spent so I spent hours, probably hundreds of hours researching, travel hacking, how it all works, trying to wrap my head around everything. This was before you know, Instagram was a big deal. This was before TikTok. There were a few blogs, like Alex said, none of them were really beginner friendly. And so it was a lot of time, me piecing information together. And it was worth it for me because I was like, hey, if this can end in like years of free travel, then this is worth it for me to spend the time on this. But it is even easier now because of Instagram and blogs And we have a course that will walk you step-by-step through this entire process, everything you need to know. It will save you a ton of time on getting started with travel hacking. We are here to support you um, through DM, through email. And so I feel like now it is easier than ever to do this in a more efficient way and to really have all the information that you need right there in front of you so that you can like easily learn how to do this and get started with free travel. I wish that we would have had Jess's course when we started, Alex. We would not have I would have had my course too. I know. I would have loved to have had it and had a one-stop shop to learn how to do this over the weekend or something and not had to spend the weeks and weeks of searching things out like Alex and I did and telling each other about, you know, hey, did you hear about this? And what do you think about this? And it would have been so great. And the one thing I want to say is I am a grandma. I am a grandma of 21 adorable grandchildren. And if I can learn to do this, anyone can learn to do this. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with everything you said. And like when I got started, I like vividly remember sitting at my computer Googling stuff and like reading message boards and forums and being like so overwhelmed. I had a notebook like full, just full of notes. 
And, like, I honestly, like, learned way more than I needed to learn. Like, I made it too complicated, I think. And I think sometimes that's what people do. They make it more complicated and feel like they have to learn everything right away. And sometimes it's like, oh, just get a credit card, start meeting the minimum spend, (laughs) and then once you've got your points, then you can start figuring out how to use the points. And I think sometimes we make it a little more complicated than it needs to be at times. I know, at least that's how I was. After I learned it and I started doing it, I was like, wow, I spent a lot of time researching and learning stuff I didn't need to know. (gasps) Well, the other thing is, like, even though social media has come a long way and blogs have come a long way and there is so much helpful information out there, it's still a matter of, like, saving an Instagram post and having to go back and find it when you need it or bookmarking a blog post and having to go back and find it when you need well, it versus and just finding it the, and just finding it the first time yeah and like you, you have, have to google and find it all all there in chronological order for you to reference anytime you want and it just makes it so much easier I've bought so many online courses because it's just so much easier for me to learn that way and well, it's such a time saver too. Like, yeah, like your time, time. Yeah, like your time is money. And so you can either spend hours and hours and hours trying to piece all the information together or you can just buy a course and have it all there for you to refer back to whenever you want as many times as you want. So I'm sold. I'm like an online course junkie now for any possible topic that comes up in my life. <laughs> One of the things that people really complain about, they worry about being organized or not having enough time. Alex, why don't you tell them about our favorite app? Yeah. So our favorite app is called Travel Freely, and it keeps all of your credit cards organized. So it will notify you by email when you have an annual fee coming up. It will keep track of your Chase 524 account, which we will talk to you about what that means later if you're not sure about that. And it just, it's like a spreadsheet almost. And I used to have a spreadsheet, but this is a spreadsheet on steroids that like does the thinking for you. And the other thing I love about it is it doesn't take any of your like personal information. It doesn't take any of your bank information. I don't like things like that. They stress me out. And so I love like when you, all you have to do, you download the app and we'll have a link in the show notes for it but you download the app you put in the name of the card and when you opened it and that's literally all that you have to do it's so simple and it will just remind you anytime you have something that needs to be done like an annual fee or yeah am i missing anything you guys did i forget anything another thing i like about it is that you can also have your player two in like your husband or if you have another friend or family member who is travel hacking with you like I am assuming all three of us are the points and miles managers of our marriages and so I have under one travel freely account I have all of my cards and all of my husband's cards so I can keep track for both of us and that sort of takes the pressure off of him to keep track of his stuff I just do it for both of us and it makes it super easy Like Alex, I had, I didn't even have a spreadsheet. I had like a note in my iPhone and that is how I kept track of all my cards and it was not efficient at all. And I wish that Travel Freely existed in 2015 when I first started, but it's super helpful now and it sort of just takes all the guesswork out of keeping organized and what your 524 status is and all that. It makes it super easy. I forgot one other thing that I love about it. 
I love that it'll recommend cards for you based off yes. the cards that you have. So like there's a lot of rules with cards. Like for example, the Marriott cards, Chase and Amex offer Marriott cards, but there's rules on like, if you open a Chase one, you can't open an Amex one unless it's been a certain amount of time. And it can like make your head spin with all the credit card rules out there. But if you have entered in the, your cards into the app, it will, they have what's called the card genie where it'll recommend cards for you. But the cards it recommends for you takes into account all of the different credit card issuers rules. So it'll only recommend cards for you that you actually are like qualified or eligible to get the bonus for. Yeah. No, I love that. That's so intuitive. That's just makes it so easy. So we do spend a little bit of time on our points and miles with travel freely app. It really is a lot less. I know I have a lot of friends that have said, I just don't have time for this. And I just always say, these are the same people that will sit on Facebook and fill out a survey of which Disney princess are you? (laughs) And I always laugh because I'm like, you don't have time for free travel. And as I'm laying down in to go to sleep in my business class seat, I have never once said, wow, that wasn't worth the half hour I spent this month on travel hacking. So don't <laughs> well said. Totally it will, agree. It will not take over your life. It is manageable and every every second you spend is completely and one hundred percent worth it. The return on investment is huge. Yes. Yep. Okay, we hope that we've laid to rest some of the common misconceptions with travel hacking that may be holding you back. We promise you, if we can do this, you can too. And remember, one of us is almost a 70-year-old grandmother. That's right. So if you want to get a jump start on all of this, be sure and check out our free webinar. We'll include a link in the show notes. And we've also included a checklist of ways you can meet minimum spend in the show notes. So be sure and download it. Thanks so much for listening to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Want to start jet setting even faster? Follow the links in the show notes to learn about everything we discussed in today's episode. And to stay connected and follow along, follow us on Instagram at Travel Hacking Mom. We can't wait to see where in the world points and miles take you.